G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You don't have to be a slave of sin. You can live in the victory that Jesus has purchased for you at the cross. Sin is like a tiger crouching at the door. But Pastor Greg Laurie says those who've put their faith in the Lord are more than conquerors. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. There's no power you still need to be under. No addiction that needs to control your life. No lifestyle you can't break free from. The answer's here. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. There's a conspiracy afoot. Forces are conspiring together to bring you down. What are they? The world, the flesh, and the devil. We're surrounded by temptation, and those forces make sure we're aware. So, is our fall, our failure, a certainty, an unavoidable, irreversible outcome? Pastor Greg Laurie says no. Today on A New Beginning, he offers some important help from the book of Romans in a practical message called How to Overcome the Power of Sin. about an old farmer and his wife and their son who had never been to the big city before. So they got into their old beat up pickup truck, drove into the big city, parked their truck. The wife stayed in the car and the old farmer and his son walked into a gleaming skyscraper, massive lobby. And as they stepped in, they saw these sort of mysterious doors open up and an elderly woman walked in. Then those doors closed a few moments passed and the doors opened up and a beautiful young girl came walking out. The old farmer said to his son, quick, go get mama. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you could just walk into church as one person and leave as another? Well, in a way you can. Because if you're not a Christian and you've joined us here today, you literally could walk out a different person with a different eternal address because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us when we become Christians, we turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And by the way, that's not a process. That's instantaneous. Conversion happens in a moment. So that can happen for you today for sure. But for the rest of us who are already believers, you know, the Christian life is one of growth. It's one of consistency. In Romans 7 is a story of a man who's struggling. A man who wants to do right but keeps doing what is wrong. He's honest about it. He's forthright. And at the end of the chapter he gives a solution. And this man is none other than the great Apostle Paul. So let's read now Romans 7 and I'm gonna read verses 14 to 24. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The trouble with me, writes Paul, is I am carnal. 
a slave to sin. I really don't understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. But I am not the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm really not the one doing it. It's sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to this sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Wow. Is that honest or what? And have you experienced that yourself? We all have, I think. So here comes the law. The law, the Ten Commandments, and it tells me what right and wrong are. This is important because I heard a preacher say recently that we don't need the Ten Commandments anymore. And we can just disregard them. And I could not disagree more. The commandments that were given to us by God at Mount Sinai were written by the very finger of God. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Then he went on to say that uh, the person is in trouble who would seek to set aside even the least of those commandments. And then there's that rich young ruler, very successful young man, came to Jesus one day and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God. You know the commandments. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Why did Jesus do this? First of all, he's validating the commandments and he's using the commandments as a moral mirror to the rich young ruler to say, buddy, you need Jesus. The commandments don't make you righteous. No one can keep them. But they weren't given to make us righteous. They were given to show us we're not righteous. The commandments were given to drive us into the open arms of Jesus. So the commandments have their place. That's the purpose of the law. Romans 3.19 says, whatever the law says, which would include the commandments, it says to those under the law, so every mouth may be silenced and the whole world will be accountable to God. Let's say you're cruising down the freeway and you're going the speed limit, whatever that is. I mean, what is it? Uh, we, we see a posted, but does anyone drive the speed limit? Everyone's at least 10 miles over, sometimes 50 miles over it. And you're cruising along, you know, with the flow of traffic. You feel good about it. And, and you know, then there are some people that go under the speed limit, and that's against the law too. Prius drivers, are you listening to me? <laughs> it's against the law to drive under the speed limit. I know your tires are the size of donuts. <laughs> you know, they're always in the carpool lane, going under the speed limit. You drive around them. Why are they driving so slowly? They're eating kale. You say, Why? <laughs> they are. They just are. I think they're under the influence of kale. That's it. <laughs> so whatever you're doing, you're cruising along, you know, flow of traffic. You feel good about it. And all of a sudden, CHP pulls up. What do you do? Slow down. Hey, I thought everybody was going to speed. Yeah, but who? 
CHP. Right, so we all slow down. And I think sometimes, I don't know about the CHP guys, do they like to mess with our minds? Because then they'll go to the speed limit, we all slow down. Then they might go a little slower, we slow down. And they're just driving, nobody wants to pass them. Right, that's how the law works. So the law sort of marks everything. It's like this is the speed limit and this is the enforcer of the law. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is continuing his important message in Romans called How to Overcome the Power of Sin. How do you come out from under the control of sin? How do you overcome the power of sin? Number one, admit you're under its power. Admit you're carnal. Admit there's no human solution. Only God can deliver you. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. Apart from him, I can do nothing. But how about this? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. You can't do it on your own for him. He can do it through you by his own power in your life. You don't have to be a slave of sin. You can live in the victory that Jesus has purchased for you at the cross. There's no power you still need to be under. No addiction that needs to control your life. No lifestyle you can't break free from. No giant that should be overpowering and taunting you. The reason they use the word giant is I think of David and Goliath. I love that story. Here's Goliath, a real guy. Nine feet, six inches of solid muscle covered in body armor. The biggest gnarly sword you've ever seen in your life. And he comes down to the valley of Elah to face off with young David. And he sees David with his little slingshot effectively. And says, what am I, a dog that you come with a boy and a stick? And David looks at Goliath and says, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And then he started running toward Goliath. That's, I love that. He ran toward him. He didn't run from him. He didn't even hold his ground. He ran toward him and started whipping that little sling around and getting some momentum. And then he let it fly and like a guided missile. That rock planted itself into the forehead of Goliath who then collapsed to the ground with a tremendous thud. Earth probably shook. And then David goes over and pulls out that giant sword of Goliath and cuts off his head. By the way, that's one way to get ahead in life. <laughs> and then he holds the head up. That was a big head. I mean, imagine this giant old head, blood coming out of it. I know, I'm getting a little too graphic, sorry. But it's in the Bible. People. So you say, why are you telling us this story again? Because you gotta face your giants. You gotta call them out. You have to cut their heads off. See, a lot of times we baby things. We baby this little sin. Well, you know, I don't know. I really wanna let go of it. And, and we don't wanna say, I'm struggling in this area. We don't wanna go to a fellow Christian and say, I have a weakness here and I keep falling here. Would you pray for me and maybe even hold me accountable? No, I'm saying, call it out in the open. In the light of day, attack it. It's your enemy and cut its head off. Well, how do you do that exactly? You have no 
backup plan to go that direction anymore. You make a break with the past and start living as a follower of Jesus and be fed enough to call out to God for help. Oh, miserable, wretched man that I am. And now accept that God has heard your prayer and will answer your prayer. Look at verse 25. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The answer's here. I'm not saying you'll never struggle again. I'm not saying you'll never be tempted again. God knows we will. I'm not saying that you'll never sin again because the Bible tells us we will sin. But I'm telling you in the authority of God's word, you don't have to live in this miserable, compromised lifestyle of carnality one more day. Not one more day. But this is not something God is just gonna do for you. You gotta reach out to Him. You have to own it, admit it, cry out for help, take His help. And there's one last point I wanna make. And this kind of brings us into Romans 8 for just one verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know there's no condemnation. So you come to church today and you say, man, I feel bad about what I've done. Well, guess what? There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. God forgives you and he's removed your sin as far as, as the east is from the west. We should not choose to remember what God has chosen to forget. If Christ enters your story, everything changes. So you say, Lord, forgive me. Because here's what we do. We like to beat ourselves up after we sin. We sin, and we're, oh, I messed up. Oh, we just beat ourselves up over and over again. Like we're paying penance or something. You don't need to pay penance. All of the cost of your sin was paid for at the cross of Calvary when Jesus died in your place. So you can say, I am forgiven of this sin and I'm not gonna keep talking about it and thinking about it and I'm gonna put it in my rear view mirror. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We'll get into Romans 8 next time, but... Romans 8 starts with no condemnation and it ends with no separation. Doesn't say there's no failures or inconsistencies. There's no condemnation. So here's the key. I want to leave with this. You can't do this on your own, but you can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because that's exactly what he says. It's the power of the Spirit that has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Listen, the struggle of Romans 7 is a person trying to live out Romans 6 without the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. The struggle of Romans 7 is a person, Paul, trying to live out the promises of Romans 6 without the Holy Spirit. The word I is used 30 times in Romans 7 and there's not a single mention of the Holy Spirit. In contrast in Romans 8 there are at least 20 references to the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Some of you have joined us and most of you have. <laughs> and I said in the beginning of my message that it's possible to come into a place as one person and leave as another. And there's only one way that can happen is if you meet Jesus here today. So you could come in here skeptical, full of questions, even an outright atheist. 
or just checking it out. We're so glad you're here. But now you're saying, is this true? You telling me God could change me? Are you telling me that I could break free from all these things and have control of me? Are you telling me that I can find peace and purpose and actually know that I'll go to heaven when I die? Yeah, I'm telling you that. And it's true. That's why we call it good news. It's good news in a bad world. Jesus died on the cross for you. He spilled his blood for you. He rose again from the dead and he's with us right now standing at the door of your life and knocking. And he is saying if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, why don't you do it right here, right now? In a moment we're gonna pray and I'm going to extend an invitation for you to believe in Jesus. If you've not done this yet, do it now. This can be the day where your life changes, for sure. Let's all pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and dying on the cross for us, paying the price for our sins and rising from the dead. Now I pray that your Holy Spirit will move in the hearts of every person here, every person watching, listening, wherever they are, Help them to see their need for Jesus and help them to come to you and believe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to make that kind of change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that with a simple prayer right now. A simple prayer is right. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer, and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture God Almighty has heard your prayer, and He will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God, so congratulations. You've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. I want to send you a special gift because of that prayer you've just prayed. It's called the New Believers Growth Packet, and in it is a copy of the New Testament in a very understandable translation called the New Living Translation. It also is filled with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you've made to follow Christ. And there's some other outstanding materials in this little packet I'll send you as well. So order your copy today and let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. And to get that New Believers Growth Packet, just get in touch and we'd be glad to send it right out. You can call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg takes us into the profound hope Paul provides for us in Romans chapter 8. Read ahead if you'd like. Yeah.
Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Overcome the Power of Sin. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.